back to the Wing Addiction Podcast. I'm Josh, and my co-host, as always, is Leslie, my lovely wife. Hi, y'all. She's with us again this week, live and in person. Um, not home, though. No, she's, we're not home. We're in Kentucky. Um, actually, we're in West we're Virginia. We're in West Virginia right now. We're right along that. the Kentucky-West Virginia border. Yes. We're in Barbersville area, Huntington down to like ashland kentucky all grayson, through that area grayson all, yeah so we're here where kentucky ohio or excuse me kentucky west virginia and yeah ohio it all comes together right yeah. here yeah it's kind of a little tri-state area deal along the ohio river um before we go any further we want to um mention our sponsors dakota 283 kennels dakota283kennels.com is where you can find Dakota 283 kennels. If you're looking for a kennel to transport your dog in or just use it as a, a dog house inside your home, uh, if you got a house dog, um, or uh, just maybe on the back deck, just somewhere for your dog, their kennels are is they're awesome. They're the best bang for your buck. Um, if you're looking for a uh, new kennel and you want to hopefully choose the Dakota 283 kennels, hit us up. Uh, just use our discount code, actually, it's uh, UOA10. That's Uniform October Alpha 10 um, for a 10% discount. And if you want a bigger discount than that, become a patron. Uh, we'll talk about patron, uh, how to become a patron here in a few minutes on Patreon. Also, we want to thank Deer Lick Ridge Game Calls, DeerLickRidgeGameCalls.com. Um, they Follow make, them on Instagram too. They're putting up some good posts. Yep, yep. They've got a. They come out with yeah, very frequent. Um, DeerLickRidgeGameCalls dot com. They just uh, their box calls, their diaphragms, their slates, um, everything. I mean, true artwork. Yes, but also ex- like excellent functionality. Yes, uh, over sixty awards won. Uh, DeerLickRidge Game Call has won over sixty titles. With their uh, their calls, their box calls, uh, um, uh, slates, glass, they've got it all. Um, they actually deer calls, they grunt calls, and um, they make to they make everything. I mean, Deer Lake Ridge game calls. We've been using them exclusively here. I've been using them for about four years exclusively. I love their bat wing diaphragm, and uh, um, they've got three or four different cuts of diaphragms if you're looking for diaphragms. But to save ten percent off your Deer Lake Ridge order, use our discount code WA10 for 10% off your order. WA10 for 10% off your order. Um, Brennan Landry down at Cable Gangs. Cable Gangs with a Z, G-A-N-G-Z. It's Cable underscore Gangs on Instagram. Facebook is facebook.com forward slash Cable Gangs with a Z. Uh, if you need a tie-out system for your dog, the best on the market, bar none, we talk about them ever podcast uh, all american made uh, and all american uh, or all american listen at me american made and american assembled they're in louisiana brennan landry is the owner and it's the best tie-out system that i saw um, and you really need one if you have dogs you don't know how much you need one until you get it and it's like wow why did i ever have this but as um, as a listener to the podcast you can order a cable a tie-out rigs for your dogs and mention Wing Addiction Podcast, and he will send you, if you order a three-dog system, he will actually send you an extra drop free, which turns it basically into a three-dog system with an extra lead, an extra tie-out. You could actually tie to the end where your stake is and actually make it a four-dog system. So uh, Brennan Landry with Cable Gangs, they are an awesome sponsor. They're one of the first to jump on board, actually, also. Mm-hmm. But... Um, Becoming a Patreon, um, a patron, go to patreon.com. If you want to help us out by basically paying the subscriptions to all this stuff we have to bring you podcast. Um, yes, it helps to buy our license when we go out to, to hunt, to bring you YouTube footage. And if you're wondering about our YouTube channel, it's coming up. We've got, uh, I've got two or three episodes recorded already, um, I've not edited nothing yet. I've just got all of our new computer to do the editing, and i got to get the software downloaded and everything. But uh, it's coming. It's coming soon, actually. And uh, we have got a video 
I've got one episode that I was, um, if you listened to our Facebook Live the other night, you heard me talking about the uh, the video where all I was, the, the only hint that I gave out on the video was, do you remember what the hint was? I don't. I don't even remember. I gave a hint about what the video was about, and I cannot remember what the hint was. But anyways, that's listen, what you get for doing a going I know, live at like midnight, dude. I was driving, driving up the interstate. I was driving seventy five northbound somewhere in Kentucky, and I was I was getting tired, and I thought I'm just gonna go on Facebook and do a live. That'll keep me awake. And uh, I actually had we had eighty or ninety people checking it out, but uh, it was. Uh, I gave a hint out to the video. It's it's going to be a good video. Shout but, out to uh, all you insomniacs, apparently. Yeah, yeah, all the insomniacs. Third shift workers, maybe. Yeah, there you go. But um, we came up here to with intentions of turkey hunting. Um, Can I talk about the Dakota 283 for just a second again? Yes. Okay. So I if you, you listen to the last episode, um, you our dog got sick. Like right in the middle of the podcast, it, while he was in the kennel inside the house. Okay, it's a very roomy kennel, very functional for many different purposes. Like Josh was saying, even if you don't hunt or you have a dog that you don't hunt, but you need a kennel for it, this is the kennel you want to get. Um, it's easy cleanup. It's durable. Um, classy looking kennel too. Um, the space you get is highly functional um but i've been seeing a lot of people on uh, on facebook reaching out asking like what's the best kennel for this size dog and i've noticed yeah most replies are dakota 283 they are and so it's not just us like of course every time we're going to say dakota 283 and just a reminder that's not because they're our sponsor we we purchased their product before they became our sponsor. We didn't get a discount code. Well, we did. We used somebody else's discount code, I, I believe. Yeah, I think we did. Yeah. And so... Um, Thanks, Tyler Webster. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and so just to let you know, too, when we ask you to become a Patreon, we're not asking you to do... Or patron. We're not asking you to do anything that we don't do. We're also patrons of other podcasters, and we subscribe to other podcasts, and we listen to those as well. And uh, we have subscriptions that come out for the soft the programs that we have to use to to make the podcast. You know, we have all the equipment that it you know it takes to do that, and we're always improving upon that. But the thing too is that like while we do that, we're always looking for more discounts and more ways to reward our patrons. So now we're recording five dollars a month will get you. Um, it'll get you better discount codes. Um, it'll help support us and keep us on the air and keep us going. And um, it's like I said, we probably could like end all our subscriptions and then we could help cover our costs. But it's important for us to support the podcasts that we listen to and help those people keep going too. And so, um, like I said, we're not asking y'all to do anything that we don't do for other people. And so don't just support us, but also support the other podcasts that you listen to. Yes. And to let you know, I don't know if you've realized it or not, but our sound's probably a little different because we're recording in a hotel room. We got hard walls everywhere. So you might not be sounding as good as we usually sound, but we are, like I said, we're recording in a hotel room right now. We're using our uh, recording equipment, but we're, we've not got any kind of soundproofing or anything on these walls. So if, if it sounds a little different, just keep in mind we're in a hotel room. But... <clears throat> On today's podcast, we wanted to talk about how our turkey season's going so far, and we want to talk about what we were aiming to do um, here in uh, Kentucky, West Virginia. We actually, we've had some pretty good hunts this year. Uh, Leslie passed on, was it four or five, four four jakes last Sunday. Four jakes, and then I didn't get a good shot on that long beard there was just too many trees between me and him i mean i think he was at a distance i definitely could oh yeah he was only probably 30 with, 35 but yards i'm but not it gonna was take thick. the shot through stuff that thick and yeah, for good thick. reason we know what happens yeah it's uh not trying to kill trees we're trying to kill turkeys yeah we uh it was some thick stuff we had a long beard last sunday morning that i called in for and 
It was like thirty yards. And he was, wouldn't stop strutting. I mean, and he, he was wouldn't full stop. He would, yeah, he wouldn't time. come out of strut. And plus, he was just through some honeysuckle. I mean, it was thick. And I'm not going to let her take that. And she don't want to take that shot, you know, because it's, uh, you know, it's what if you shoot the bird and one, if you miss it, you know, oh well, you just missed the bird. But two, if you shoot the bird and you know you hit the bird in, in the body area or you just don't kill the bird, you know, that's that's not an ethical uh, decision to make. And so, anyways. So, but we had, um, we had birds she had, we had four, firing up all around us. So there had, really was no reason to get impatient anyway on it because we knew that there were other birds all around us. We had four Jakes come within five yards of us. We'll walk right by. We got, they we got it all on. so close. Yeah. We got it all on camera. Um, <clears throat> but, um, I actually, they worked in front of us in about five yards and they went around behind us up on the hill and actually came back to within, Geez, I could have reached out and grabbed one at one time, but <clears throat> I knew as soon as I'd done that, as soon as I reached out and grabbed, which would have probably made <laughs> killer footage. Hilarious. Well, it would have beat our camera. I mean, my I had my big camera set up, and it would have probably flopped it over and broke you. Ain't no telling, but it would. Somebody said, "Dude, you should have done it. That would have made like been the best turkey video ever with you actually catch them with your hands." But um, it was funny though, because like when the, those four like walked so close in front of us, they were lined up perfectly. It was almost like a cartoon walking on the other side of a log, just do 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 yeah. do like right by, and past us. And and I she could have killed. Every I one thought, of them. oh, I could have blown every one of their heads off. But I, the last one, I was kind of on the fence about because it had about a five inch beard. It wasn't but, a. Last year, I killed a, a yeah, you bigger killed Jake, Jake yeah. and I didn't want to do that again like this year. I mean, I guess I might make that. I can't say I won't make the decision. No, you're not going to kill Jake. Jeez, you just had five, four of them passed in five yards. You didn't shoot Well, you're not gonna anyhow, kill Jake. it was a good day. We're going to go back and kill that long beard that, that got away from us that morning that was showed itself full straight at 30 yards and was behind all that junk. We're going to go set up on him a little different and... She's coming home. Um, this podcast is going to come out on the 18th, <clears throat> this Sunday, the 18th. I'll be I'm home just the 22nd. Gonna, yeah, she's going to be home the 22nd, Wednesday night, actually. She's going to be home. But uh, we're going to go Thursday morning, and we're going we're gonna to stop him from, uh, from, living. from flying up in any more trees and gobbling his head off. But uh, At this point, I just want to eat some turkey. Yes, and also, I mean, I've had some great hunts this year. I'm not going to let any cats out of the bags and... Um, I actually one I think I will let out of the bag. I shot one, and I had tunnel vision. That's all I'll tell you. I'll have I had tunnel vision. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to hold out. Let, for now the let's video. go ahead. Let's go ahead and Whatever. tell them because hey, I mean, but, watching the video is different. Well, there might be some anyway, listeners that's so not going to watch the video. So yeah, I had a I had a bird that I called in within. Well, he was 17, 18 yards when I shot him, and uh. I don't know if you've ever bow hunted or if you've ever turkey hunted and had tunnel vision. All you're focused on is that kill area. You know, that I was focused on that turkey's head. And when I shoot the darn turkey, well, okay, here's the deal. I call the turkey up and he, he sticks his head out behind a tree, which is all I needed. Yeah, I've, you know, I've seen from his waddles to the top of his snoot and that's all I needed. And so I got the gun over and I squeezed the shot off. And I hear a turkey gobble, and I was like, oh, my gosh, there was two of them. I was like, holy smoke. I said, I've never shot a turkey, and it made another one gobble, you know, just simultaneously. And so I sat there for a minute, and I was like, well, I can't shoot two in Tennessee, so I might as well just get up and go get my turkey. Well, I jumped up and was going to go over and get my turkey, and I look at this turkey, and it flies off. And I was like, there was two turkeys there. I said, that other turkey just flew off. Well, I look down to the ground and I'm like, where's my turkey? And by that time I'm thinking, oh crap, that was my turkey. I've missed him. So I shot again. All this happened in like three seconds. It's not drawn out as I make it sound, but <laughs> hit, uh, so I shoot again while he was about four foot off the ground, coming off the ground. And of course I miss him, um, in the heat of the moment. Cause I'm in the dead run when I'm shooting him. Cause I seen him come up. But, um, so anyways, I'm I was like, what in the crap happened? How did I miss that turkey? I mean, that was eighteen yard give me. That was a chip shot. Now you get a three to six yard shot. It's hard to kill those birds because your your patterns, you know, like a inch and a half pattern. It's it's very very 
narrow margin, you know, it's easy to miss real, real close. But when they're 18, 20 yards, I mean, your patterns open up 18 inches. You know, you should be able to just... Anyways, I watched the footage back, and I had tunnel vision on this bird. There was actually a dead tree laying between me and the bird across ways. Now, I'm talking not vertical. I'm talking horizontal with the between me and that turkey. And I just shot right in the center of that tree. I never had a pellet hit the bird. And when I shot, he gobbled. I guess it, it was just a shot gobble. And I thought it was another turkey with him that had gobbled when I shot, but it wasn't. It was that turkey. Long story short, I missed that turkey, and it was that was like third morning of the season. That was the first morning I got to hunt. And then, of course, I, you know, I you'll see on video. I was like, I ain't giving up. I was, I'm not one to let stuff get me down. I was like, oh well. I said I go get on another one, and I sure enough did. I went and got on a couple more birds, and I'm not gonna give everything away. I'll let y'all watch the YouTube videos. But uh, that was a great day. This third day of season, it was the first morning I've hunted that I hunted this year, which was the third day of season. Cause I was vi- busy videoing other people the first two days, Leslie. And, um, but I'm going to do some videoing of him hunting. Yeah. Too, I told though. her last night, I said, now you gonna have to learn how to run that camera. I said, I can't give up all my <laughs> and I ever hunt this like, video. I, other people. I mean, we've said it a million times. I mean, of course I want to kill a turkey and I'm going to, yeah. I'm I mean, this, turkey, this is, I want, you know, just being on the hunt is, is fun itself oh, yeah. and watching josh kill one is to me just as fun as well, me we was talking myself. we was talking last weekend on the way hunting or it might have been the day before i was like it's not all about the kill because she's like i've got to kill a bird i'm killing a bird this morning because she had hunted the weekend before which Let is opening season explain. hold on just a second the weekend before was opening season and we had one hang up on us because of the guy in the truck. I think everybody heard that on the last yeah, podcast. Yeah, we don't need to talk about the, the white forerunner guy again. Yeah, okay. But anyways, so this was the following weekend. And um, she drove in from uh, Ohio just to come home after work. For Oh, you was in West Virginia. Then she yeah. moves around so much. But anyway, she drives <laughs> six hours. She gets off work at 530 on a Saturday evening, drives six hours, gets home. like We go to bed at like 1231 o'clock that morning get up at four o'clock and we're back. So she's running on three hours of sleep. And I told her, she said, I've got to kill a bird. And I'm like, honey, this is only the second day you've hunted. I said, and you know, it's early yet, you know? And I was like, it's not all about to kill anyways. I said, she said, yeah, but I want to kill one, blah, blah, blah. I'm ready to kill a long beard. Well, we get out there after last week's hunt when she let those four jakes walk in front of her and then that long beard in full strut never would come out of strut and stick his head up so she could shoot him. Um, She's like, you know what? She said, I know I didn't kill nothing today, but I had an awesome hunt. I love. She's we like found that was worth. Morels, yeah, like, she's I like, mean... she's like that was worth the drive just to come in and have an awesome hunt. Like it was action packed, everything but the kill. Everything about that day was wonderful. I mean, I, I I think because I'm away from home so much right now that even when I'm home, it's just I appreciate it so much more. I love East Tennessee. If you haven't been to East Tennessee to hunt. Um, I hate to ask you to come there, but I'm telling you, it's awesome. We ran into somebody that day, that very day after we got done hunting, we ran into yep. a guy at the grocery store who had come up with some guys from uh, Georgia. Georgia, Georgia, and they were very successful. They yep. started over in Middle Tennessee, worked their way over to East, East Tennessee, Tennessee yeah. and hunted around Telco Lake. Yep. Um, it, I mean, they... <laughs> Oops. Just throw a, just go ahead and you tell them, just that out. tell them what tree we was, she has not learned, she's not been hunting long enough with me to understand that you do not tell people where you hunt. So she'd be just, they was successful on Teleco You can work that out. You can go scramble it. <sighs> anyway. Yes, I will. Anyway. So like, I want to say that my like mentality. If you come to Teleco to kill- Lake, look us up. I know you're going to come now, so. Everybody's going to say, oh, we got to go Teleco Lake. Just I look us up and we'll go video you. I am highly confident that even if I say that place and you come there, that you're still going to be working really hard. Because oh, like, yeah, you got to work. If you talk to anybody that's hunted turkey in East Tennessee, it's not a gimme. No, it's not a It's not set up your blind. I mean, there's and, no guarantee we're going to kill one other no. than we feel like we're going to put the work in. But it's not a gimme. No, it's not a gimme anywhere. Unless and you're my in sense of, Texas hunting droves of 50 out well, of a blind. And you, yeah, well, and it's apples like, and oranges. I don't like that, but anyway. I mean, I'm not going to hunt your, your chicken pen, but whatever. Yeah. Um, but anyway, like, my sense of urgency for killing a turkey is only based on, let's talk about last year. 
last year during spring turkey season, COVID was at the height of like panic mode, right? So nobody was working as much. You know, I was working, I was teleworking. I was able to spend more time planning trips, going out in the field, spending more time over in middle Tennessee in my cousin's area and stuff. And, and this year's different. I'm working long hours. I'm working out of town. I'm moving all over the place. And so when I have a moment to like really commit to hunting, like I really feel this sense of urgency I haven't felt before. And I'm sure a lot of y'all feel the same way. You, other people that are that busy and, and, um, I know I'm not the only one that works crazy hours and works out of town and it's just tough. And, and, you know, the idea was, you know, well, this could open up more opportunity to hunt in different states. And so that's been like the game plan and the, the, yeah, whole that's idea. a great segue into and what that we is a segue talk. into something we wanted to kind of touch base on. Yeah. And so the plan was this week, um, we're two weeks into season in Tennessee. This is the third weekend, but we're two weeks into season. Um, season opened up this weekend in Kentucky, and so we were within an hour and a half, two hours drive of where I was wanting to hunt in Kentucky. So I said, I'll just come up, and we'll just hunt Kentucky. Uh, I'll go scout Saturday, and then we'll go hunt uh, Sunday. And the whole time, I'm, I, I didn't pay attention to license calls because I, I just I never do really. But I get out Saturday. I mean, you assume they're going to be similar yeah, well, at yeah. least, right? Well, yeah. And so, anyways, I go out Saturday, and um, I pull my boat up, actually. I said, well, you know, it's let's ta- I'll bring the boat. That way we can have kind of a leg up well, on some. Well, I've been wanting to do some fishing. Yeah, and so I said, we'll have a leg up on, you know, some people that don't have boats. But uh, it's a little, it's kind of, a, I guess, a little... Uh, not a cheat code, but it just helps, you know, cover ground that you wouldn't get to cover normally in a day's time. But anyways, so I go out on the lake, and sure enough, I pull in the boat ramp that I'm putting in at, and a guy's pulling up in a little 12-foot aluminum boat with a trolling motor on it and got a turkey land on the front deck, and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And so I talk to him, and I've got the camera. Of course, I've got all my camera equipment with me and everything. And so I break out the camera, and he lets he talks, and super nice guy. His name's... Uh, reno reno or reno i can't believe i think it's reno but um super nice guy and i get to talking to reno and uh he tells me you know uh, you know basically he knew that i was up here gonna film and stuff and so basically he tells me he said you know i'll show you exactly where i killed this turkey and i heard three or four more here and here but oh reno brings up a dang double beard and i'm talking a true double beard like an inch gap between beards one of them's probably five inches, maybe five and a half inches long, and the other one's like ten, ten and a half. It's a good turkey with some hooks on him. So I was excited. I mean, I picked this bird up. He says, feel how heavy this thing is. Emma's probably a 20, 22-pound bird, a big old heavy bird. And so I was excited. He said they were gobbling good this morning uh, on the limb, and he said he was working another bird, and a guy come walking in on him and, and messed the, the bird up. So he just went off and found this other bird, and, worked and ended up killing it about 10 o'clock in the morning but the turkeys up here are a a little behind home at home they're done busting up um it's two weeks into season and we've done got hens going on nest i've been watching a group of birds at home that started the season with a gobbler and six hens and it's down to a gobbler and i haven't looked at him since the first of the week he's down he was down the first week he was down to a gobbler and two hens Mm -hmm. so four hens are done off doing their thing and uh, by the, I'm sure the other two's probably, if not, they're going on. You know, they're going to lock on this weekend. And now, if you don't know what turkeys does, what turkeys do is turkeys don't just. A lot of people don't know how a turkey what they do. Well, turkeys will start accepting. They'll start getting bred normally a couple of weeks before season. And what a turkey does is she'll get bred a, a couple of weeks, and then they'll start laying an egg a day. You know, maybe egg every other day. And you'll still see these turkeys bunched up. And then all of a sudden, you start seeing hens disappear. And what they've done is they've laid their full clutch of eggs, and then they start going to sit on eggs. Mm -hmm. Turkeys don't just sit on, you know, an egg every day, all day, until they get the full clutch and they just hatch off after 28 days. So... A lot of times, these turkeys are still are ganged up. You think, well, she's not even laid yet. Yeah, they're she, they lay every day mm-hmm. or every other day, and you won't see you you won't even know they're actually 
laying yet until all of a sudden they disappear. Well, they've been laying for, um, you know, 12, 14 days. And then they know that, hey, it's time to set on this clutch of eggs. So they disappear from the flock. So just because they're all there don't mean they're not already laying. So anyways, Tennessee, they're already sitting on nest in Tennessee. They're locked in, not all of them, of course, but a lot of them are. So a lot of your groups are done broke up, which makes those gobblers more susceptible. So what they're going to do is they're going to get on those high ridges and broadcast that gobble out and looking for hens to answer. So uh, that's when they become very, very vulnerable to a call. Um, But in Kentucky, they're still bunched up. A lot of them is. Um, Actually, Reno said that the one he shot yesterday – uh, he did, he said it didn't have any hens with it, but he heard the rest of the turkeys he said he heard had hens with them. He said because he could hear the hens just pop, 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 you know, just, and those birds are hard, you know, they're harder to call or harder to work. But, um, so the birds up here, I think, are a little bit behind Tennessee. Of course, the weather's a little bit behind Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, it at makes Tennessee, sense. ever at the tree, the trees, the foliage is full in Tennessee right now. I mean, you, they're, all the trees have their leaves, um, maybe not full. But at least they're, you know, they're, they're, they're budded out they or they're here. bloomed here, out. Here you've yeah. got a lot of trees that are still just buds. You've got some really small foliage. Uh, well, you've got some um, trees here that's not even got buds yeah, on them yet. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so it's... I mean, I look at trees every day. Yeah, that's, that's what, what she do. does for a living. But, but um, you've got uh, you've got to sneak around in these woods up here a little bit different than you do at home. At home yeah. right now, you can get away with it a little bit more because it's the, you know, the foliage is thicker. But so that it's there are a couple of weeks behind up here. But anyways... The the plan was to come to Kentucky and uh, scout yesterday and hunt today. And actually, I got up here and I scouted. And I really wasn't really excited. I mean, I found some stuff. but I, We could have probably killed a turkey this morning. But, you know, I, I was talking to uh, Reno at the ramp. And uh, the whole time I was thinking, you know, it's hundred. I think it's 150 bucks for a big game, big game license up here. But I also wasn't keeping... I wasn't thinking that you also have to buy a turkey tag. It's different in every state. is different. Tennessee, you buy a big game license, you can hunt bear, hog, and turkey, anything right. big game. Well, in Kentucky, you buy your $150 big game license, plus you got to buy your $85 turkey stamp. you got to buy your $85 deer stamp. you got to buy your $85 whatever. Yeah, that $85 turkey stamp, that's pretty pricey. Well, I mean, I mean it's if you could hunt. If I was going to hunt more than one day, I would mm-hmm. not have cared. If I was going to be here the whole week, I would not have cared one bit to spend 200 And plus, you got to buy a con. I think it was going to end up costing like $260. It to was hunt. going to be a lot. And, and that's for one of us. That's to for hunt. one day. And so, and for, you know, we didn't, we don't really know for sure what our plans are going to look like. So we can't say definitively that we're going to have a lot more time to put into Kentucky throughout the season and then you know i'm in west virginia and so like i i know we have some places in west virginia that we've been scouting out and we're you know wanting to kill some turkeys on and the price is a lot different i mean in in uh, west virginia you've got a 119 dollar sportsman's license mm-hmm. i think you have to buy and $32. then you have a 32 dollar turkey tag and then i think maybe a 13 dollar conservation stamp and so to me, yeah, and to me, that's that's doable, you know, because I know I'm going to be around here enough that I, and plus I have an area that I'm interested in that I feel like I can commit a lot of time to. But, um, you know, we got to talking about it, and and I want to like refer to another podcast that we listened to. Um, so, birds, booze, and buds. Uh, Tyler, I was listening to one of his episodes not that long ago, where he was talking to another guy. And, you know, they had the whole discussion about, you know, this guy was coming over from Alaska. You know, he's from the states, the inland states. And then um, he works in Alaska. And I think he's a firefighter. But anyway, him and his wife come over and spend a few months on the mainland. Um, And so he tries to do a lot of hunting while he's in, you know, and he's buying out-of-state tags for stuff. And there's some places that are just not as desirable to hunt because you don't have any option other than to pay for that whole season license and then that high-priced tag and the conservation stamp and everything. And so, but there are some places where you can buy tags that are just... One day. They're one, well, one, three days a week, you know, And, and to me... Um, you know, when Joshua and I were talking about it, I referred to that podcast and I told him, I said, you know, it's something that I think more states could 
consider because I understand, you know, like you want to give the best opportunity and the cheapest opportunity to your taxpayers living there in your state, your landowners and all those people who are, who are residents. But at the same time, you could still charge a hefty price compared to what they, what they pay, considering that you're only going to be there for a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. And while you're there, you know, you're spending money on hotels, you're spending money on food, you're contributing to the local economy, and you're also becoming more of a steward of their, their land and their public lands. And so I think there is some benefit to them giving a better price to people for, you know, that want to choose to get a reduced tag. Now, if you live in a state that borders another state, and you might get to hunt that state, like, the whole season because you live so close, then you're not going to opt to buy that small tag. You're going to buy the big license. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think they're going to lose out on anything by putting that option out there. And, um, you know, I, I referred to West Virginia and Kentucky to Josh in Ohio, you know, I work out here and I spend a lot of money here and I pay a lot of taxes, sales tax out here and stuff. And so, um, you know, considering that I'm actually gone from home right now more than I am at home, but I'm a resident in Tennessee it seems to me like there should be some kind of way that I could mm-hmm. somehow catch a little bit of a break. You know, I'm just saying, like, yeah. I, because I could contribute more. Well, and I mean, I, you think about it, you're paying a lot more taxes in Ohio, West Virginia, and Kentucky than you are in Tennessee. Well, I'm telling you right now that the hotel tax I pay oh. is phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. The the recreation taxes and the sales taxes and everything that, that come out of my pocket, I'm filling up my gas tank here. I'm All these things that I'm doing here, you know, I am acting as a resident, mm-hmm. basically. I might even be spending a little more in taxes, yeah. sales taxes. You probably are, yeah. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just something we talked about because, you know, you have to start weighing your options and you have to start making choices you don't want to make, which is, you know, we were all... All four, you know, trying to do all three additional states mm-hmm. in, you know, not just Tennessee and then doing Kentucky, Ohio, and West Virginia. But then looking at those fees, it's it's like, is that really even feasible, mm-hmm. you know? And and we just made the decision that it, it wasn't. Now, I don't know if we would change our mind if something happens with work that I end up getting locked in somewhere else. But right now, our decision was we're not going to we're not going to commit to that. Yeah, not for just one day. No, cause... not for just one day. And and like I said, like she don't know whether she, where we're going to be, where she's going to be from, you know, two or three days at a time. She might wake up today and or tomorrow and be working in West Virginia for three or four days, and and then get to call, hey, we need you in Toledo, Ohio, you know, for a week, or we might need you down in Tennessee, or, or we might need you in Arizona, near Indiana, or, or yeah, I mean, you just don't know where they're going to put me, and yeah. so it's. It it just economically doesn't really make. That's what I asked her last night. I said, "Do you think it would be a um, what did I say? A financially a smart?" And I said, "No." Yeah, I said, "Do you think it would be a, a financial a smart financial purchase to to spend two hundred and sixty or eighty dollars to be able to hunt one day?" And well, she and said, tur- "No." And turkey hunting's not the only hunting we do. So even. That we're fired up during turkey season about spending some money on turkey hunting. And, there ain't and never been one duck hunting. fly through West Virginia. So we we have to think about like what else are we doing the rest of the year and what else are we putting the funds into? I mean, all y'all know I ain't telling you something you don't know. Hunting is expensive. Oh yeah, it is. It is an expensive way of life. I don't want to call it a hobby. It's an expensive way yeah, of life. It is, but it's better than the alternative. It is. I'd I mean, spend I would money hunting. I would have, you know, well, other things. Yeah, me too. And I think that, um, you know, it, it's a passion, and it's something that you have to commit to, and you have to, you know, you have to accept that you're going to have to fork over some some funds to do. But, um, but at the end of the day, we're not. Re- if we had the kind of money that we didn't have to make financial decisions like that, I would not be working away from home anyway, so it wouldn't matter. Yeah. I mean, that's just, this is, we're. I mean, if you think about it for both of us, for all three states, you know, you're looking at close to eighteen, nineteen hundred dollars $1,900. Yeah. Yeah. Just turkey hunt for 
a day here, two days here, and maybe three days there. It's a weird time of year for us, too, because, like, um, you know, like, Carson, our son, like, he he plays ball, and his travel season is going to start up soon. That's also expensive. That's a lot of time commitment. And so you have to look at, like, what what time do we have to commit to this investment? Mm-hmm. And it's it, so for so for Kentucky right now it's a no. Yeah. So what we're what we're um, what we're trying to get to is maybe we need to make a get you know a push started or get everybody else to mention you know to their wildlife departments that if they don't have three five or seven day licenses um, for big game opportunities. Let's try to get that started because, like you said, if you're only going to be in you know in the state for three or four days and you want to hunt three or four days, is it not better to say, hey, it's going to cost you one hundred twenty five dollars to hunt, and get that one hundred twenty five dollars or the hunter to stay at the house and you not get a penny from me? I would be willing to because you're going to learn lose more than one hundred twenty five dollars. You're going to lose hotel taxes. You're going to lose, like I said, gas yeah, taxes. You're sure. losing a lot of money. I think they just look at it as. It's black and white for them. Well, it's kind of a yeah, it is black and white, and it's, it's kind of a deterrent to non-residents. It is. It's kind and of saying we don't want you here. It is, and and on I'm just statistically I I'm statistically minded when I think about things. You know what is the likelihood, and what is you know, and so you look at the statistics of the situation, and I'd be willing to bet that if they were to offer three, five, seven day yep. like permits like that, that or licenses, um. It would actually balance out for them and maybe even get them some more money because oh, well, there's yeah. a whole lot of people just like us that aren't going to go hunt another state because it just doesn't fit into their budget. Mm-hmm. But if you make it enticing enough for them that, okay, it's still kind of costy, you know, it's still going to cost you some money, but it's an experience that you can afford that you're willing to pay for. Yeah. You're drawing that person in, but they're only there for a short time, right? Mm-hmm. So like you're not you're you're still giving the home advantage yeah. to your residents, mm-hmm. but you're not losing out on some uh some funds and some opportunity yeah. by by having some more hunters come in. I mean, there's it's just highly unlikely that you're going to have a huge influx of out-of-state hunters that come in and buy those tags and are successful Mm -hmm. and don't come back. I mean, it's just, it doesn't make sense to me. You might get one doofus that does it here and there, but it's it's just not the way it works. Yeah, 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 well, yeah, a lot of people does, which... Well, and you you could come, that person could come and do a three, five-day, seven-day hunt. And decide that it was one of the best hunts they've ever had. It was one of the best areas they've ever wanted to hunt in. And then guess what? The next time, they're, they're buying that buy same that. three to five days. So you're no, actually... they're not just buying that though. They might even buy that because they may go, man, I would go back. Yeah. I would go back this season, but I've already, you know, like I'm not going to buy another three, five, seven days. So then the next year or the next season. They might buy the full shebang, yeah. you know? And yeah. I mean, it's just, to me, statistically speaking, I don't think that they're going to, like, hurt the locals. And I think in the end, they're going to get more for their programs because yeah. that's where the money goes, right? Mm-hmm. It goes back into conservation. It goes back into uh, wildlife management. To. Yes, that's where we're living here is in that perfect little bubble where we believe that. And hopefully it is. Um, but that's what those funds are for, right? So, so you know, the more habitat improvement projects we have, the more um, animals we're going to have, and and the better everything's going to be for everybody. So yeah. Just my two cents on the matter. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, and <laughs> and when you buy a three or a five day or a seven day permit, and anywhere I've ever bought one that you know it runs you know consecutive you can't split a day here split no, a day there. And so you if i come to Ken- no and if i come to kentucky opening week of season and, and there's an opportunity to buy a five-day permit for say 95 dollars or 115 dollars um i'm saving 150 dollars by being able to do that okay and in those five-day permit 
I kill a turkey or maybe I don't kill a turkey either way. And I say, dude, I got to come back in two or three weeks. Guess mm-hmm. what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy another one of those five day yeah, exactly. permits. So there you go. You're right back up to, they're not, you know, they're, I don't know if, I don't know why the, I know a lot of like Tennessee TWRA is not, their laws are not set by um, the state. They're set by a board of people. So, I know a lot of states' DNRs are set by the state. You know, they're uh, everything's voted on by the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but like I said, TWRA, they're just kind of they've got a committee, a board that votes on. You know, you got seven or eight people that vote on all these, or ten, or however many there mm-hmm. that vote on all these rules, and so and they can change them, and just they can change you know from one year to the next, and laws does change from one year to the next. Mm-hmm. Where a lot of states, they actually the, uh, you know it's voted on by you know elected officials, you know some some stuff, and so. They can change these laws, you know, uh, all the time. And I don't know why we don't get a push to talk to, you know, your representative or your, yeah, whoever you want to talk so, to to mention something. Hey, we need short-term licenses in our states because we we're missing out on the boat. On Okay, I know a lot of people's going to look at this as I don't want non-residents in my state. Okay, if I'm a turkey hunter in Tennessee, we've got a lot of turkeys in Tennessee. If I'm a turkey hunter in Tennessee, what is the possibility of Joe or Bill or Susie or Annette coming in there and killing my turkey population with a three-day permit. They're not going to harm it at all. Maybe one bird. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now, if Joe and Annette and Bill can come in there in a year's time, they could probably do a little bit more damage, but guess what? They're paying a whole lot of money. So why not let Joe, Bill, Annette, or whoever just come in there for three days and you know and pay $125 or $115 and help the conservation effort, help spend tax money there. Why not? It's a win-win looks to me like. Well, you know, I mean, so another way to look at it too is, and I don't, I don't, I have not researched the politics of all these places where I go. Yeah, I have, I just haven't. But um, in my experience, because I used to work in land management and I worked in land management in oil and gas states that where a lot of funds come from the oil and gas industry. So whether that be them paying bonds for permits to drill on federal lands and things like that, there's a lot of funds that come into these states from, from oil and gas and coal. And what do we know about oil and gas and coal right now? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're struggling hard in this nation our our oil and gas industry and our coal industry is really suffering and I, I know that locally in the places that I've been working it's huge like they've lost a lot of money and um I don't know how I know in other states where I've I've worked in that field of work um you know that money funds all kinds of programs mm-hmm. and so they have to be losing some funding i would think in those states oh, yeah. that yeah. that have like oil and gas and coal and so one of the things that i think that the department of natural resources the, or the the um u.s fish and wildlife service the um state um government could think about is you know like if we're losing you know if our state is not getting this money that we used to get from these oil and gas and coal programs then um you know maybe we need to look at some creative ways to bring in some more funding and and mm-hmm. in my opinion that would be the way to do it because um you know that money doesn't come in when they're not paying those fees to the yep. state and i mean so to me, it just seems like maybe that might be one of the answers. But well, I think West Virginia's got it kind of figured out. They've lowered their their prices for their non residents, um, and I know that West Virginia is not a game rich state as some is. Mm-hmm. West Virginia's got a lot of turkeys. They got a lot of bear. Oh yeah, they got a lot of bear. But now West Virginia, if you you know bear hunt, you got to buy you know the bear stuff. But the thing about West Virginia is. Where they, I think they've got it figured out. No matter if you're hunting rabbits, turkey, deer, bear, what it is, you've got to spend that extra thirteen dollars on that conservation mm-hmm. stamp. So they say, hey, it don't matter if you're coming in here for a day to hunt. If you're coming in here for a year, you're going to buy the thirteen dollars stamp. Mm-hmm. So that right there is right off the top. It's a straight up conservation stamp. Is what it is. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, if states would initiate that. Mm-hmm. Maybe even just to non-residents say, hey, if you're going to come in here and hunt, 
We'll sell you a five-day license. It's going to be $95 or $110, whatever. Buy this $13 stamp, too. Mm-hmm. That $13 stamp is going to last all year. So even if you want to come back for another five-day hunt, you've already got your $13 stamp. You know, I just think there's a lot of money being missed out on, you know, by states not allowing non-residents to come in uh, on three, five, and seven-day permits for big game. Yeah, I agree. Most states do for small game. They'll let you come in three, five, seven-day. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, one or the other, not three, five, and seven. Some states are... We're just are, saying a reduced yeah, amount of time yeah. for a reduced price. Yeah, because, basically. I mean, as a traveling hunter, that would help tremendously. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guys are with the hunting public, you know, you know, Aaron and Ben and Zach and... And, and Jake and all them, you know, they're spending a fortune. I was actually thinking about them whenever yesterday when we were talking about this, and I was thinking about the money that they have to put into mm-hmm. it. And and it is true, like that that comes down to the whole patron thing too. I mean, I yeah. know that for them, well, they've got a lot of sponsors. They do money, have yeah. a lot of sponsors, and I mean, it's you can see why. I mean, yeah, oh yeah, they're great guys. They yeah. are great. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's to me, it just seems like maybe there could be some better opportunities offered. Um, I also know though that politics is a mess, no matter where you go, and I and I know that. Um, now I don't want not, our listeners to be listening to this and thinking, "Well, those cheapos, they don't do nothing." But let me tell you something: I spend money. I get the best of everything I can buy. I mean, I've got. I'm not being. I'm not saying this as being cheap, as I don't have no money, which I'm not saying I'm rich. But mm-hmm. I mean, I've got. All the old Tom turkey wire. I mean, the duck the duck gear. I've got the 300. I buy great stuff. I'm just saying. But everybody has their limit. I everybody mean, has their limits. But it's check. Right. But I'm just, I'm just thinking of more opportunities for more hunters abroad. Yeah. And it is sad, too, sometimes to think about, like, we are blessed in a lot of ways to be able to have some of those things. And, you know, we've talked in the past about you don't have to own all that to hunt. You really you don't. don't. No, you don't. Um, but then think about those folks who who just don't have it, you know. And, mm-hmm. and so that's another thing, you know, about, like, um, taking a hunter out. You know, we do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, our friends do that. Mm-hmm. You know, you season opens up, go find you a kid who, you know, has a parent that can't hunt doesn't mm-hmm. know how doesn't want to whatever and introduce them to it yeah. and take them out and, and and also that's a great opportunity for say uh, a non-hunter or even a youth that's not you know started hunting that wants to get into it that's cousin billy lives down maybe say um say little aaron lives in tennessee and cousin billy lives up in kentucky and wanting him to come up and hunt a great opportunity to get whether he's a youth or an adult mm-hmm. to get him into hunting yeah, I just don't want to spend that $280 to just go, you know, with you this weekend. Well, guess what? You might have just knocked, missed out on an opportunity to introduce a new person, Mm -hmm. a person to a honey because you didn't offer an affordable license for him to come up three to five days. Mm -hmm. And that's, um, there's just a lot of, I think there's more negatives to them not doing it than there is positives. That's just the way I look at it. Yeah. Um, I mean, but we, we're going to, you know, on a positive note, I guess. I mean, like, we have our plan. Everybody yeah, gets it, yeah. their plan. We're well, going to we, do plenty of hunting. We got our plan of what we want to do. I mean, we've got our plan, what we want to do before the year started. But Kentucky was just one of those things, hey, since you're here, let's maybe we'll just drive up this weekend and Kentucky, hunt in Kentucky, too. But, you know, you're talking 600 almost 600 bucks for both of us to hunt one day. And I was like, nah. Yeah. I don't think that's uh, – it's actually going to be about five five fifty something like that for both of us to hunt two days. I was just like, I don't think I want to do that, you know, just mm-hmm. for today. If I was going to be here for a week hunting, yeah, I'd do it. Mm-hmm. Or I, if we weren't going to have other opportunities. Yeah, if we're not going – you know, you know, I've done sign up no, in West Virginia. and Right, and, um, and probably end up going to Ohio, but uh, – I just didn't want to do that. So uh, if you were expecting a, a video, I know I said uh, on the live the other night driving up that there's going to be some footage thrown down. I just didn't do my homework on on Kentucky licenses. I was thinking maybe this, they're expensive. Gee, now I'm I'm from Tennessee, and I'm sorry. If you want to come to Tennessee, our non-resident licenses are plum ridiculous. It's $300 for a non-resident to hunt in Tennessee. See, that's just insane. It's, it's insane. And I hope you are work for the TWRA and you're listening to this. Our license fees are insane. There, it, there's no call for it. There, it's totally not. Even resident license. Our resident, as a Tennessee resident, 
I'm not bashing our Tennessee well, Wildlife Resource I think Agency. If you break it down into single species too, like you're, you might be able to like make some. No, there's no justification for it. There's no justification for it. We have horrible opportunities. You can come to Tennessee, kill a deer and a turkey. What else are you gonna kill in Tennessee? True. There's no be. There's no elk. There's no moose. There's no care. There, <laughs> there's no. There's not enough quail to shake a stick out. There's no pheasants. Why are you charging resident hunters? Almost. Well, actually, our resident sportsman license are a hundred and eighty dollars. Mm-hmm. As a high. resident, now y'all heard that right. As a resident in Tennessee, we have to pay a hundred and eighty dollars to be able to hunt all of our animals. That is absurd. That is Willie Nelson high, y'all. That is. Dude, that is Willie Nelson high right there. That's Cheech and Chong high. That is dang Snoop Dogg high. I don't know if it's that high. <laughs> That's high, but I don't know if it's Snoop Dogg. But as a non-resident, if you want to come to Tennessee as a non-resident and deer hunt or turkey hunt, $305 if I'm not mistaken. Man, oh man. Ask the boys over to hunt in public. Mm-hmm. They'll tell you exactly what it is. It's astronomical. Yeah, that's why everybody's out in the woods eating a can of beanie weenies in a plastic spoon cold while they're out there hunting. Because if we had more, <laughs> if we had a huge opportunity at game, now the, the Illinois is higher than Tennessee for non-resident. Texas is high. I'm gonna tell you what. Good grief! I wanted to go to bird hunt. I wanted to go bird hunt down in Texas last year. It's gonna cost. Over $400 just go shoot quail down there as a non-resident. Mm-hmm. But now, I can see Texas justifying that because they are very, very, very game-rich. They yeah. have, I mean, deer running out the wazoo. They've got quail numbers that's, I mean, they've got hogs. They've got javelinas. They've got turkeys. I see them being able to justify. But on the other hand, they don't have a lot of public land. So, I don't know if you can justify that 400 something dollars But anyways... Well, that's the other part of it, right? I mean, like, you have to know where you're going to hunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're going, you know, there's public land about everywhere. But, you know, if you're going to go hunt in Texas, good luck. You better have somebody you know, an outfitter, or you better have done some major studying uh, for some public land opportunities because Texas just don't have much. But, um, I mean, Ohio... I can go deer hunt as a non-resident in Ohio as cheap as I can buy my sportsman license as a resident in Tennessee. And Ohio has some of the best deer hunting in the country. I mean, it's... And so, I just don't know. Tennessee's prices are astronomical. And every time you talk to somebody, they try to justify it. You don't... It's There's no justification for $305 non-resident license and $180 resident license in Tennessee. And I'm not bashing my state, but I'm telling you, we're just... Something needs to be done there. It's, it's astronomical. But um, I know license, I think they went up actually across the board this year. All, all over the, I think everybody's license went up just a little bit this year, which I know it's, they've got to do that. It's just cost of living, paying employees, and blah, 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 and other stuff, which I, you know, I, if license goes up a little bit, that's fine. You know, something that would be really neat is to offer people something like... Um, coast-to-coast license? No, like a conservation credits. So, like, if you participate as a volunteer on projects for oh, yeah. a certain habitat within yep. a state, yep. and you you volunteer your own time, and you work for to help improve that habitat somehow then give that person some conservation credits and then that person can take those conservation credits and, and put it towards their license. Their license. Yep, yep. I mean, there's ways to do this stuff if they yep. think creatively. And, you know, I wish that I was in a position somewhere where I could institute something like that because I just I just think that there's so hey, much Hey, Leslie, go talk to your representative. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> go talk to your representative. <laughs> Oh, I know this week's podcast is, is we're already at 55 minutes, and that's what we really wanted to talk to about this week. We got to talking before we'd done a podcast, of course, it's like what we want to talk about. So just kind of give everybody a, a rundown on what we've been doing so far, you know, how our seasons went, and let's talk about these prices of out-of-state licenses and, you know, how maybe they could offset cost and, you know, offer three- and five-day opportunities so 
I know it's not been a real bang up podcast of hearing, uh, you know, somebody come on in an interview that you want to hear or something like that. But I think it's a, a problem and it might not really be, I I don't think a problem, but I think it's an issue that I think could be brought up and kind of maybe not just level the playing field a little bit. You know, I don't Mm -hmm. know, just a, a short-term opportunity for non-residents, I think, is an issue. Mm-hmm. I think all states need it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's knocking opportunities for new hunters to get in the woods, mm-hmm. um, youth to get in the woods, non-resident youth that may have an opportunity that, like I was telling you earlier, giving you an example, little Billy lives in Tennessee and his little cousin Jason lives in Kentucky. And they're going up to spend, you know, even if, you know, little Jason's got a birthday in Kentucky, so the family's going up and Jason's going hunting, but little Billy's not going to be able to because his family can't afford it, mm-hmm. you know, which as a youth, it's cheaper, but, it you is know, lot cheaper but, youth. you know, just and say, I appreciate that they do that, but yeah. I still think that there's got to be some more ways they can yeah. um, make it a little easier on folks. Yeah. And I'm not one to say cut license costs. Because it usually cuts conservation costs. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not asking anybody to cut their license cost at all. I'm just asking states to add opportunities for short-term hunting. Mm-hmm. I'm not asking to cut a dime from any license sales. Well, Tennessee, you're high. But anyways, <laughs> Tennessee, you're Snoop Dogg high, actually, and Willie high. But um, no, uh, it's just add opportunities i'm wanting mm-hmm. to add opportunities instead of taking away you know costs i just want because i think the amount of hunters i think the people that buy the annual license non-resident annual license are going to keep coming oh i agree i think what you're going to do is you're going to get new hunters three-day opportunities that would have never been there because they couldn't afford the the, the year license or, you know, just maybe a traveling working person or something like that traveling through. I mean, it's, I know everybody's like, you know, hey, if you don't want to hunt in your own state, don't, if you can't afford to come to mine, don't worry. You know what? There's a lot of people like my wife that works out on the road. I'm and not is in, home enough. And, and she don't, I mean, in order for her to hunt the way it's set up now, she has to spend thousands of dollars to be able to just to hunt four or five days in these states that she's working in. Now, if she was in one location, like we were talking earlier, you know, there's a lot of people that travels, you know, for work that's in different locations. What do you want those people to do? Just sit at the house? And I am actually working here, so let's not forget that I don't, even if I purchase that license, I want feedback. I want feedback. We don't get a lot of feedback on certain podcasts. I want feedback what people think about today's podcast. Yeah, I mean, I would like your to know, point of view matters because I'm sure that, like, your experiences might help enlighten us a little yep. bit. Go on, Facebook, go on Facebook and look up Wing Addiction Podcast. Send us a message. Yeah. I know we'll have, we've got about 10 listeners that send us a message. And I still want to hear from some Tennessee turkey hunters. I, I just want to hear from turkey hunters, period, right now at this point. Like, message us and let's talk because... I really think it would be a good idea for us to do an episode um, called the, if it's not the Tennessee Turkey Report, just the Turkey Report, and where we I can think get maybe, some stories from some other people. I think maybe next episode we might have some callers lined up to just let them, we'll, we'll make calls. It'd be like, yeah. I guess you, it'd be like a dang radio show, I guess. We'll call some people. We'll have yeah. a bunch of people lined up. And just little maybe two minute spills, you know, snippets. Yeah, just a few little on what how their turkey about, season's doing. Yeah, I think yeah. we might do that next time. Um, logistically, we'll we'll just have to. It, the sound won't be as good as it is listening to us right now because we'll basically have to record over. Uh, you can ZenCast and record a phone conversation, but doing that with ten different calls during one podcast yeah, would be, be a major headache. So we'll just put them on speakerphone, put them up the mic, and let them talk, and hopefully the sound will turn out good. But we'll do that. Um, or she's been talking about wanting, you know, basically a bunch of different people coming on, giving a forecast on here and, and how their season's been so far. But, uh, and this is not your Michael Waddells or your hunting public guys or no, this is everyday anybody. hunters. This is everyday hunters. I don't hunters, care yeah. if this is your first season. Yeah. I, I just want to hear what, I want to hear your story. Yeah. Give us feedback. Go on Facebook and look us up, Wing Addiction Podcast. And if you're not on Facebook, Go to Instagram, wing underscore addiction underscore podcast. Um, 
that's how you get a hold of us. We want to thank Dakota 283 Kennels once again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brendan Landry at Cable Gangs. We want to thank Cable mm-hmm. Gangs and Major Talent over at Deer Lake Ridge Game Calls. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank you to our patrons. Thank you to our patrons. We and want our faithful listeners. We, we love, love our patrons the most because they keep you. us on there. Like, yeah. We see you. Oh, yeah, we see you. And we're just super darn busy. We've, uh, it's, it's not even funny. I mean, we shouldn't be doing this, to be honest with you. But we do because we love it. Normal people, or no, people that as busy as we are normally don't do stuff like this. Y'all would not understand. I mean, I own a business. I'm mowing landscape. My son plays middle school baseball. He plays travel ball. Um, Leslie works six to eight to ten hours away from us. And so I'm basically a single dad when it comes to getting my son around to school, two baseball practice, two games. And we're working on these podcasts and trying to start a YouTube mm-hmm. channel. You won't think you're busy. Come live in our lives and our shoes for a week. It's nuts. And that's the reason we've not been getting weekly podcasts out. It's logistically just. Remember that show Wife Swap? If somebody did Wife Swap with us, they'd be so disappointed. But whoever <laughs> got me, whoever got me would be like, what did I sign up for? Word. <laughs> they'd be like. She's not here. Well, whoever, <laughs> whoever, whoever, whatever wife I got, would, I don't know if she can handle it because she'd be having to get up at daylight and go she'd run kids to, to school. Quit. She'd be wanting to quit. She'd have to run kids to school. And then soon as school's over, drive 30 minutes to school to get the kid. Don't and forget then, running dogs. I was doing that too at one time. Yeah, run then, the dogs, run the kids, run yeah. here, run there. It and, happens, y'all. And then you're every single minute you're at a baseball field. But, you know, I wouldn't trade it for anything no. in the world. Because and we have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun at what we do. We, we are just got time to get mad at each other. So <laughs> we, uh, and fortunately, my son's a great baseball player, and I don't just say that because he's my son. He is. He's fantastic. he's a top notch baseball player, and he's got a huge future ahead of him. And so I love watching him watching him perform on the baseball diamond, and uh, it's something I wouldn't trade for the world. So if I used to be a huge tournament fisherman. And I've won thousands of dollars tournament fishing. Anybody that knows me and knows my history of fishing, they'll say, oh, boy, can catch them. Well, guess what? Oh, boy, ain't even. I've got a ranger sitting at my mom and dad's house undercover that I've not even been in in five years. In May, it'll be five years since I've been in my boat. I've got a ranger. Well, that's the, my, my tournament boat that I always fish out of that I have not even been in in five years. I'm not even bass fishing five years. I laid everything down for baseball. And I asked him one time, why, well, why you? Why did you just quit altogether? Why don't you go do it? And he said, because I can't stop. He mm-hmm. said, I can't stop. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's just the kind of passionate person he is about everything he does. And and so, you know, you make choices and and kids are only kids yep. for a brief minute. And, and I've then had, you turn and around ever, and they're grown. I've had... All, I've had fishermen call me they all the time still not just call me but run into me when are you gonna start fishing again man you're i can't well today you somebody fishing. asked you if you're gonna guide yeah i just had yeah i had a <laughs> message while ago sent to me are you still guiding and you know i ain't like i said i hadn't done that in five years but it's uh i just laid it down cold turkey because like i said you know my kids are, are more important that that's they're only kids once and and like i tell everybody when they turn 18 and it looks like Carson's going to be, they're both go to college, but Carson looks like he'll be playing baseball in college. Once he gets out of college, once the baseball thing's over, old dad probably crawl right back in that boat and go win some more money. But right now, and yeah, I was an aspiring, everybody aspires to be a pro, but you know, I, I actually was close to making a commitment to fish pro circuit, but it's, you got kids, you know, they, change your mind and stuff but mm-hmm. so one of these days maybe i don't know shoot i might end up fishing pro for it so with doubt it watching the josh moore fishing show <laughs> i grew up watching orlando wilson whether yes. i wanted to or not that was on in my house <laughs> hank so. parker bill dance oh, orlando bill wilson dance, roland martin outdoors yes i love it yeah but i loved fishing but now you know to be honest with you since i since i stopped I've really, I've not really missed it. Just I guess his you ain't baseball. Got time to miss no, it. his baseball's filled the void basically, and oh, it's yeah. superseded that. But oh, you ain't got it's time to miss I don't it. even. I can drive by every once in a while. I drive by the lake and look and look the water level and the color and the weather outside. And think, golly, bum! I could just, mm-hmm. oh, I could just kill him right there right now. But it's um, you know, it's it's that's the thing you do when you're. 
you know, it's being a, an adult and being a parent, being a good parent, trying to be a good parent. But, um, Hey, I want to thank everybody this week, me and Leslie both for coming on and listening to the, another episode of wing addiction outdoors and our wing addiction podcast and, uh, become a patron this, you know, $5 a month. Just go out there and it's automatically withdrawn out of your checking account. You won't miss it. I promise you won't miss $5 a month. Um, but it will help us pay the subscriptions. It'll help us maybe just go ahead and commit to buying the, you know, the $275 license to bring that killer video to you. Um, like and share us. Like and share Subscribe us. Subscribe to us. Don't just listen to this podcast and click to the next podcast. Spend a little time, like and share it. Send this podcast, put it on your personal page. It's All you got to do is those three dots up in the top right, go on there and it says copy link, hit copy link. Go to your Facebook page, post it on there. Um, any groups that you belong to, that's how we grow. And mm-hmm. so send us some ideas. Who you want to hear this, this, that, and the other. I've had Rob, uh, Rob, listen, that would be Rob St. Pierre. Bob St. Pierre, um, he's going to come on in a couple of weeks. I've been talking to him, and we're logistically trying to get it worked out. And Travis Frank, I've still got him. Uh, we have been so darn busy. Travis is a busy guy, and, and Bob is too. Um but um so i've got you know those two lined up and um we're in for the long haul though and we're yep. just going to keep trying to do a better job and and we've got a lot of stuff that we have to see come to fruition but we're not going anywhere no nope. zach zach farrenbaugh with the hunting public i've got those guys lined up but right now everybody knows what they're doing they're killing turkeys and it's hard to get them uh we've been talking back and forth but uh it's logistically, I'm, I'm, it's going to be a phone interview while they're driving up the highway is what it's going to end up being. So I was trying to just get maybe a time they were sit down with good service and could and can hook in, you know, while, you know, through the Wi-Fi like we're on now, but uh, and get a good quality sound podcast. But it's going to be a I'm gonna have to interview those boys driving up the highway. They're busy, but um, anyways, we're gonna get them to you and. We've had a great turkey season so far, and it's just started, and we're early in the season. We're two weeks in, and mm-hmm. we've got about another got about another month, about five mm-hmm. weekends to go. Um, we're going to have to hit it hard. Leslie's coming home Wednesday night, so we're going to bust some birds next weekend. We're going to let Woo! the bodies hit the There's flow. My flare. Woo! We're going to let the bodies hit the flow. Let the bodies. <laughs> that's, why that's, that's next podcast. That's the title of it. <laughs> bodies hit the flow. Hey, everybody, until the next time, thanks for listening to the podcast, and we love you. God bless. And see you next. We won't see them, but we'll talk to them next podcast. You'll hear us. You'll hear us. Bye, y'all. Have a good one.